Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. If you have your Bibles ready today, we'll be in the book of Genesis, chapter 17, verses 1 through 4. The title of this sermon is, I am the God Almighty, and I will. Here is the first half of this two-part study. What happens is, is... Um, a lot of times when we read the Word of God, we'll do this right here. We'll just go, okay, Abram was 86 years old, and when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abraham, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram, and we just continue to read. You gotta stop there. Why? There's 13 years of silence. There's 24 years of a promise that was, that was made to Abram, but there's 13 years of silence because of why? Sin sin what what abram did was be disobedient to god and try to do god's will uh and and through that we see uh sadly um in that 13 years of silence you can imagine that conversations that he would have had with sarah right did we mess up have you heard from god i haven't heard from god did he walk away from us it's very important when we read Scripture, we don't rush through it. It's, it, it, you know, at the end of the day, it, I, I wish somebody made a commentary Bible where it says, now pause and think about these 13 years. It's the same thing when we go from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Now pause and think about all the things that God has done in that 400 years of silence and then have all that stuff listed. It's important for us to get that. And so that's really where we're at tonight. But one of the things I want to encourage you with is in Romans chapter 5, verse 21. It says, so that as sin reigned in death, so also grace would reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. See, Abram has this thought of what's going to happen to me and is God going to judge me? We have the answer. We have Jesus Christ. And, and we, we forget that, I think. We forget that, that we can repent and, and ask Christ into our heart and, and begin to walk in a relationship with Him and, and that we have grace through that. Abram didn't know all that. He didn't have all of that. And so when we're looking at this, we're going to see really verses 1 through 3 uh, are, are sort of a prelude into verses 4 through 8. I'm not sure how far we're going to get. I'll keep an eye on the clock tonight, and we'll get as far as we get tonight because we have a lot to cover. And I just entitled this, I Am the God Almighty, and I Will. I want to make sure that you catch something that's very important in there is that the word I will. 
I will shows up a number of times in this chapter. And, and it's to remind us that the promise was never something that Abram could keep himself because none of us can keep it. None of us can. So when we see that first verse in 17, it says, Now when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I am the God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. So we have to stop right there because you actually have three things that are happening in that verse. In that first verse, you have the Lord, which is in all capital, which is Jehovah. Right? Jehovah. And then we have two, God Almighty, El Shaddai. This is the first time El Shaddai shows up in the, uh, the Bible. And then we also have God, G-O-D, Elohim. You have all three. And I almost entitled this chapter, uh, you know, Jehovah, El Shaddai, Elohim, I will. I love that as you get that in the first part of the, the, the verse because sometimes we'll just skip past that and we forget that El Shaddai is all-powerful and all-sufficient and he meets our every need. Uh, and, and so when we look at this, it, it's, it's a reminder to us that, that it was nothing that Sarah or Abram could figure out on their own. Uh, their sin had brought them up to this point and... Um, you know, but it, it comes to a place of, of where God steps in. And in God's timing, He's going to do the work that needs to be done. The all-sufficient, all-powerful God. In James chapter 2, verse 23, it says, And now the Scripture which says, And Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. The friend of God. And and for us, it's it's... You know, when we see El Shaddai, it's, it's in here uh, in the Old Testament some 48 times. And there's an equivalent to El Shaddai in the New Testament. If you look at for, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18, it says, And I will be the father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. And then also in Revelation 1, verse 8, probably we're very familiar with this verse, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. El Shaddai. So you see kind of a version of that even in the New Testament. The all-powerful, omniscient, omni, omnipotent God, that, that, or omnipotent God that's, uh, you know, that is always got things ready and taken care of for us. It says that he'll walk before me and be blameless. And, and so God challenges him abram to do two things he says i need you to walk before me and be blameless so the first thing that we have to remember is that as we have uh god appearing and now uh talking with abram you have to imagine that at this point he doesn't know if he's going to be judged right he doesn't because he was in disobedience he's had 13 years of silence thinking about this moment that he's going to have to speak to god and so probably him and his wife have had conversations about this. Like, did we, we messed up. We did the wrong thing. God said he was going to, and now we haven't heard. We have to remember that God is the same today, yesterday, and forever, and that you are unqualified. You're unqualified. Every one of us are unqualified. Uh, but, but because we are his, we're qualified. Because we're Jesus Christ, we, we're his, we're qualified. We, we are unqualified, but we are asked to be unreserved and have total surrender to God. 
We're supposed to be unqualified, unsurrendered for God. That beautiful hymn that, that's written, all to Jesus I surrender, all to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in the presence daily live. All to Jesus I surrender, humbly at his feet I bow. Worldly pleasures are all forsaken. Take me, Jesus, take me now. I surrender all. I surrender all. Unqualified. He challenges them to walk before him. To walk before him. And, and so Abram is, is now being challenged to by God. Like, so Abram knows, hey, I, this is what God is asking me to do. And, and, and again, it was never because of Abram. And, and we know in Deuteronomy chapter 13, verses 4, it says, You shall follow the Lord your God and fear him, and you shall keep his commandments, listen to his voice, serve him, and cling to him. Like, cling to him. You follow him. You walk before him. You walk with him. You walk after him. You walk with him as, as Enoch did in Genesis chapter 5, verse 24. Enoch walked with God. And he was not, for God took him. We walk in fellowship with God. We walk in fellowship with God in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. That is a union, a relationship with Jesus Christ. So he's asked you to walk. Remember we talked about that this past weekend. Like what, what does your walk look like in Christ? Is it a sweet fragrance? Are you funky? You know, are you stinking it up because of your sin? The beauty of this is Abraham was funky. He made a mess. But because of God, God can clean it. It just takes repentance. So he tells them the next thing after to walk with him, he tells them to what? Be blameless. Be blameless. And it, 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 it means to be sinless, to be upright. And, and one of the things we have to remember, I think one of the biggest things, is he's trying to get you to be a person of integrity and not hypocrisy. See, we can sit and, and all day long act like we got everything good to go, Right? But eventually, if you're not walking with God, the stench is going to start seeping out and it will be exposed. And sadly, when that happens, it hurts a lot of people. And, and this is why people move from church to church, because they've done, you know, they've done ruined everything they could at that church. So I might as well go to another church and start fresh, because when I come in, I'm going to smell like roses. Take some time for him to for that stench to to start to to come out, but it does. See, somebody who's walking with Christ, that means you're walking with all your warts. You're you're being real. You're being honest about the challenges that you face. It's a it's a walk of integrity, and we don't do that enough. There's, I mean, I I wish that we would practice that. In First John chapter three verses four through ten, it says, "Everyone who practices sin." Practice the sin. That means that you're constantly in it. You're, you're putting it to practice. Also practices lawlessness. And sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins. And in him there is no sin. No one who remains in, uh, in him sins continually. No one who sins continually has seen, seen him or knows him. And that's a whole nother conversation. That's where that conversation happens. Are they following God or are they not? 
Are they demonic or are they not demonic? Because something's going on that's not from the church. And so you have somebody who, that's, that's where those questions come in. Because they just continually practicing their sin. And you start questioning, well, do they know Jesus or not? And he says in verse 7, little children, make sure no one deceives you. The one who practices righteousness, and that, if you have your, your Bible, or if you're, you, you get, you're taking notes, you need to remember 1 John chapter 3, verse 7. The one who practices righteousness, right? Because you can't, you can't keep righteousness. The only reason you keep righteousness is because you're covered by the blood of Christ. The only reason why God sees you as blameless is because you're covered by the blood of Christ. Again, you're unqualified, just like Abram. Abram was unqualified, and you are as well. But because you've chosen to follow Jesus, you're practicing righteousness. He is righteous. The one who has been who practices sin is of the devil. Whew. <laughs> that's, that's rough, right? For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this purpose to destroy the works of the devil. And the one who has been born of God practices sin because his seed remains in him. And he cannot sin continually because he has been born of God. By this, the children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. And anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor the one who does not love his brother and sister. And I would tell you to love your brother and sister if they're in continual sin is to, you need to call them out on it and tell them. This is the problem with the church. And remember I was telling you, we're being too soft. Like if they're living in sin, you need to sit down and say, what is going on? Are you all right? What's happening? Why do you keep running back to the same thing? Why are you like a dog going back to its vomit? And you keep licking it back up again. And you keep doing it over and over. What is going on? Are you truly in a relationship with Jesus? Because it, like he says, it's obvious. Like, it's obvious. that they'll, they'll show themselves for who they are. And the children, and he says by this, the children of God and the children of the devil are what? Obvious. Obvious. Why? Because the children of, of God practice righteousness. But the ones who don't practice unrighteousness continually. They live in lawlessness. So you'll have people that will run to the front, give their heart to Christ, and two years later, you're still trying to figure out, are they walking with God or are they... There's been no change. They're still in the same sin. You know, they, they're they barely coming to church. It's like I, I punched my ticket to heaven, I'm good to go, sort of thing. And we all know people like that that have come in and gone. And it's it goes back to the seed that gets snatched up. The devil comes in and just snatches it up and pulls them right back to the world. And so those things happen. And And so Abram, he's telling them, hey, if you're going to walk with me, Abram, you're going to walk blameless. You're going to walk with me. You, you're not doing things on your own anymore. You've, you've made a mess with that. And you've seen the problem with that. He's lived with, with Hagar and Sarah fighting with each other. Because that's not really her child. It didn't come from her womb. And you start spending more time with the son, Ishmael. It's going to cause problems in the, in the house. But the next thing you need to catch in verse 2 is it says, I will. 
I will. There's the first time it shows up. I will establish my covenant between me and you. It was never dependent on Abram. Abram would have messed it up already. And so would we. That's why it goes back to we're unqualified. All God is saying is, look, you're unqualified. You're unreserved. Total surrender to me. Surrender all to me. But we'll see I will shows up sometime, some 15 times just in this chapter alone. And it kind of begins the chapter and ends the chapter. But God keeps his covenant. Not Abram, God. God keeps his promises. God promised his son is going to return. God promised that there will be judgment coming on this world. And it will happen. God keeps his promises. God keeps his covenants. In Psalm 105, verses 8 through 11, it says, He has remembered his covenant forever. The word which he commanded to a thousand generations. The covenant which he had made with Abram and his oath to Isaac. And then he confirmed it to Jacob as a statue. To Israel as an everlasting covenant saying to you, I will give the land of Canaan as the portion of your inheritance. He's like, hey, everything we said was going to happen is going to happen. And then look what he says in verse, in, in verse 3. It says, And Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him. Abram falls on his face. God simply reminds him of the promise that was made in the past. And understand, it's been 24 years. 24 years when the promise was made of the covenant. 13 years of that is silence because of sin and disobedience. But now Abram has is, is been blessed and he, he's being told he's going to be, make a great nation. And so what does Abram do? Abram falls at his feet and he praises and worships God. He praises and worships God. That's, you know, you, you come into, and this is why it's so important, you have El Shaddai and Jehovah, the God Almighty, and it's like, and, and, and here you go, and it's like at the end of the day, it's like fall to your feet. I've asked you to walk with me, and, and, and you're going to be a blessing, but you're going to walk in righteousness. And, and what does he do? He's like, he falls to his feet and worships. He has a reverence of understanding who God is. And this is so important. This is so important, and this is what churches have gotten away from, is understanding what proper worship is. What, what we do when we worship God. It, it is when we know who God is. See, theology is important. It's very, very important that you get this. The theology of knowing God personally, but knowing His attributes, knowing that He does stand outside of time, that He is all-powerful. When people say, well, God, God is evolving, He's changing, He's going to adapt, and, and He's going to allow gay marriage, and He's going to allow transgender. That's not the God of the Bible. You would know that if you're in the Bible. You would know that. We're not in the Bible. We have pastors now that have their wives as co-pastors. It goes against the Word of God. Plain and simple. They are not supposed to be teaching to a Sunday crowd. It's, it's in Timothy. Paul said it very bluntly. They're not to have authority over. But see, what happens is, is what we want is we want to have that because that's the that's the... The thing of today and if you have any questions about that there's a if you have time there's a 12-part series of about 14 hours worth of teaching from mike winger that goes over every verse 
and not just Timothy, but the covering, the head covering, the whole nine yards. And and so can women teach women's ministry? Yes. Can they teach children's ministry? Yes. The shepherd, the elder, the one who's supposed to pastor the church is supposed to pastor the church. His wife was not called to co-pastor. She has a list of things that God has called her to be. And so we, 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 it's become a new hot-button topic because we have a lot of female pastors now. And, and so some churches have allowed it, and that's, you know, that's their thing. It's, it, it's, but we believe what the Scripture says. And so there's always a, a hiccup with that. And, and so we, we have to remember, at the end of the day, we, we don't adapt to the world. God doesn't adapt or evolve to the world. The Word of God is not changing. It's inerrant. And, and we live in different times, right? We, we have different things that are being pushed. And, and some of that goes back to the patriarchy. It, it, they're trying, that's trying to be destroyed in the culture as well. And so we have to be very careful how we approach these things. But when we understand who God is, there should bring a reverence of worship. Of worship. He praised God. In Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, it says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable God uh, to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Worship. You present your body as a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God. And that is spiritual service of worship. And he goes on and says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. See, true worship is actually valuing and treasuring God above all things. It's, that's, what, that's the heart of worship itself. In John chapter 4, verses 23 and 24, it says, But the time has come, and even now has arrived, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for such people the Father seeks to be his worshipers. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and what? Truth. The truth. And so when we worship, we right worship is, is good worship. It's pleasing worship. It's understanding the truth. And who is the truth? Jesus. John fourteen six says, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth. And in life, no one comes to the Father except through me. And so if we worship God, the God of creation, we worship El Shaddai, we have to be very careful that we're not worshiping a God that has been created by the culture. We don't worship the Joel Osteen God. Okay? I just be real. We don't worship the T.D. Jakes God. We don't worship the Steve Harvey God. The Steve Harvey God and Oprah Winfrey's God and Tyler Perry's God is roads lead to heaven all religions and that's not true because they don't believe in jesus christ so that's a problem right if you know he's the way the truth and the life and the rain is pouring down right and so so again right worship good worship pleasing worship leads you to who christ it puts you in the right place as because god is first because you're placing his value over everything and so when we have right worship, then we actually worship correctly in the way that we, we worship. Now, most of the time we think of worship as what? Music. Whenever you bring up worship, they think of, oh, it's music. It's not. When we're in God's word, it's worship. 
when we do praise God through music, we, we're worshiping. And so there's other acts of love that we do with our hands and feet when we serve God and serve others. God is glorified, and, and that is a worship to God. In Hebrews chapter 13, verses 15 and 16, it says, Though him, uh, through him, then let's continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of our lips, praise in his name, and do not neglect doing good and sharing, for which such, with such sacrifices God is pleased. So we're doing good, we're sharing, we're, we're worshiping with our lips and the fruit of, our, of the Spirit. Love, patience, kindness, gentleness, all that stuff is outpouring. That's all worship. It comes back to the heart of worship, and, and that's what he was talking about in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. As he talked about your body being a living sacrifice, and he, and, and he talked about that being spiritual service of worship. But there's a wrong way to worship, too. If we look at Matthew chapter 15, we'll stay there for a little bit. You can go to verse 1. And we think about the wrong way to worship. It says, Then some of the Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, Why do your disciples break the tradition of elders? Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 